They're taking cherubim pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... What is that smell? What are you eating, Tim? Mullet. Straight from the bait bag. Want to try one? Ah, oh, God, no. I figured it was the best way to understand what makes the mullet so alluring to the barrow. Just eat a few myself. And what have you learnt? Well, for starters, the barrow are onto something defrosting their mullet. But I can see the appeal, most definitely. Oh, oh is it that time already? What? That's us, mate. We've got to go. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day, fish hoes, and welcome back the tinny for another week actually with Moore and Wharton and the sounds of freedom above us uh, from the leafy the northern suburbs of the top end in the COVID bunker where we've got we've got military exercises happening in the top end if you're a potty mullet down south these happen all the time and you'll hear Andy hi g'day Tim are they F-18s in this one yeah I, I, think, know, I think they are and the, the, the Singaporeans are up there as well so we're being Watched over from above. As makes we, you feel good, doesn't makes it? Makes you feel safe as we sit here in the home studio. I never felt safer, actually. It's a safe workplace, Tim. It's lovely to see you, Andy. It's, it's been, been quite some time. It's been, eh? I feel like we've been apart for months, but yeah. really it was only two weeks. Yeah, it did feel like Which months. probably means the time that we are together is quite intense. Yes. And, and full most, on. Mostly enjoyable. Yeah. Andy, have you been have you been back to your harbour haunt in the last two weeks? Yes, fine. You seem to be going to the same spot every time because it's becoming so ever-reliable for you. It's becoming great, yeah. And no, I did. I headed out there with young Josh and um, I took another mate, Lee, this time as well, who we've been saying should go out for a while. A new level we've reached him, a new level. So you know Josh is the, the rap and the fresh sandwich king. So Yes, he's the man you actually scored 100 with at Shady. Yes, that's right, that's right. So he was uh, was sandwiches this time, ham and pickle with two cheeses. So he always goes the extra. Oh, that's a nice sandwich. Oh, it's a good sandwich. Ham and pickle with two different cheeses? Two different cheeses, yeah. yeah. What, like a Swiss and a straight cheddar? Yeah, like a grated one and a flat one. Oh, that's very nice, Josh. It's a very nice sounding sandwich. There goes freedom again. Critical. You, you yeah, <laughs> there goes freedom. There's four freedoms. Here, it's critical. Critical when you're prepping a lunch, I've always found, on the boat. Because you're so lazy, well, I'm generally quite lazy. Oh, yeah. You whack it just to get, get a chook from the supermarket, whack the chook into a roll. Yes. Lubrication is, is always a hypercritical I- issue in a, in a boat lunch event. It is. So this was a morning session. Um, and the pickle provided the lubrication? It, it, it did, but the other thing that provided lubrication was Lee. He has bought homemade iced coffee. Now... Not a word of a lie, this was as good as any iced latte you would get in a, in a cobblestone lane down Little Collins Street in Melbourne. It was outstanding. Are you um, telling me all this because <laughs> you didn't catch any fish? No, we did. We bagged out. We bagged out on Queen. The Queenies were so thick, it sounded, if you shut your eyes at some points, it just sounded like a waterfall. It was literally boiling around the boat. Under the Queenies were the Macs. 
uh, and then the, the usual sharks on patrol. It was just a, it was a piscatorial hot pot. It, it, <laughs> it sounds fun. It was great. But queenies are considered bycatch by most. No, they, for me they're target. You know me. Sports fishing. Sports fishing. Mm. Target the, the tarpons and the queenies and occasionally I might pick up a coral trout. Um, what else is going on? Oh, there was windy last night. How did your weather station pour? You've oh. got multiple screens prepping for the wet season. Yeah, yeah. It had in, its... in your own bunker. Yep. A, a new automated weather system. Did it Did it clock those massive wind gusts? It did. It clocked a gust of 72.5 kilometres per hour in, in a city, which is pretty good. Uh, it's, it's working beautifully. There's, so, there's, so, there's a graph for everything. They did record the real weather people, you know, the bomb, mm. the ones that do it for a living. They recorded 100 out at the airport, a gust of 100. That's pretty extreme. It's no wonder there's been a few trees and things You're around. You're quite so. the nerd at home with that weather station. Are you lying in bed on your app, yes. Bluetoothing to the weather station outside so you know just how yeah. windy it is at 1am? Yeah. Yep, it updates every, six, that, every six seconds. Yeah. And you're watching it every six seconds. Yep. Nerds get the birds. I've always said that. Um, coming up on the show, a gripping poo-related story, Tim, that is sure to make you chunder. Uh, and also possibly the best NT fishing tattoo that you we've seen in the history of the tinny. It is an episode uh, on the tinny this week f- full of, I think, Andy, some great macro life lessons that we're learning through the microcosm of fishing. Yes. This week we're adding another couple of delicately and lovingly stitched patches into that, that patchwork quilt of life mm. via the Church of the Tinny. Yeah, so there's, there's something for everyone this week, be it fishing, be it life, be it... Quilters. Weather stations or home-pressed iced coffee. You'll get it all. Here on the Tinny. I'm going to have to try and get the metre barra in one hand with the net while I've still got the hand line going with the other ones. Lesson learned. Tales from the Tinny. Warren DeWitt's back on deck. He's the Ayatollah of the DKVR, uh, El Presidente of AFANT and proprietor of Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine. But probably over the last week, the uh, the larger of the hats that's been on has been the AFANT one because you had the AGM last week. Uh, Warren, how'd it go? Yeah, afternoon, Tim. Yeah, really good, mate. Um, there was a good turnout um, and it was well attended by the minister and, and other dignitaries that came along um, and it was... It was an interesting night. There was nothing revolutionary brought up by anybody, and uh, it was you know a well attended and, and well done meeting. I think. I presume the two two of the key factors that most of your members continue to be concerned about or interested in are Blue Mud Bay and access, 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 access. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there was an update on Blue Mud Bay, and obviously, um, you know, there's ongoing negotiations with the Northern Land Council and traditional owners still with the Northern Territory government. Um, and definitely that is a big focus both by AFAN and the Northern Territory Government and the Northern Land Council and traditional owners going forward over the next um, 12 months. Um, once we get past Christmas, um, we're definitely going to have to knuckle down and, and get back into those negotiations and, and see if we can't get a win-win situation for all um, parties. Mate, this is a question without notice, actually. I just remembered the number of complaints I've heard from guides and rec fishers out the front of the south around the mini-mini, concerned about how the pros have been working there and just bugger all fish. I mean, you, you never know where the truth lies in these things, but if people have been fishing it for 20 years and there's no barrier to be caught um, and, and they see the pros, they always blame the pros. No, exactly. And it can be a combination of things. Obviously, we've had really hard wet seasons or poor wet seasons over the last couple of years, so that's going to have a factor and a bearing on, on how many fish are 
available. And, and you can see that in most river systems, um, that's reflected obviously really strongly in the daily. It's reflected in the roper. Um, there's guys that are down the roper on these set of neat tides now, and they're saying they wish they didn't go. Um, it was that tough, um, and it was very windy, and the water clarity didn't clear up. So the, what, the fishing on the, the mouth of the roper is still pretty difficult. And it's all to do with the fact that the water temperature is pretty high at the moment. Um, and we haven't had those big storms to help cool that water temperature down. So I think the fish aren't coming into those creek mouths or river mouths in large numbers at the moment. There are a few fish in there, but not like you normally see uh, when they really start to get together and, 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 and congregate in large numbers. And the sad passing recently of Mike Reed, Warren, former Deputy Chief Minister, Treasurer, NT Fisheries Minister from 88 to 94 and member for Catherine. Uh, he was a keen fisher, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. A very sad time this week to hear that Mike passed away. <clears throat> very short um, illness, and our condolences go out to Anne and the family and friends of Mike. Mike, you know, I had a lot to do with Mike back when I first started with AFANT, um, and obviously prior to that, he had a lot to do with AFANT President Alex Julius in formulating a recovery for recreational fishing in the Northern Territory. He was the man that stood up and believed in recreational fishing and got the many closures and many things that needed to be done to increase the recreational fishing in the Northern Territory. And people today, when they're out there catching fish, they need to really understand that it was Mike Reed, the man that had enough guts to stand up against his department, had enough guts to stand up against the commercial fishermen and buy back commercial licences and close off-river systems to com- recreational fishing only, and it's because of that we became the envy of all the other other uh, governments and, and other states around Australia. Mm. And it was because he stood up and said it's the right thing to do, and it's what's needed to save the fishery. And you know he was a he was a champion man. I would like to ask if the Northern Territory government would consider a state funeral or talk to Anne and see whether the family would be would be considerable to to having a state funeral, um, because I think. The bloke was that good of a fella and that big of a champion and that big of a, a driver for the Northern Territory that I think it's fitting that he should be able to be given a, a state funeral. Mm. Yeah, sounds like an absolute champion, uh, Warren, and obviously that legacy that he's left will carry on carry on forever. On to things fishing. How's the Vic looking? Trent's out there at the moment, actually. He came oh, yeah. back on Friday. Um, and he's catching fish and so did people on the weekend all undersized i mean he caught 21 fish on wednesday mm. and 15 of them were undersized all right so, and i was talking to other people who fished out there on the weekend on the neat tides because we had a good set of tides just go through just now and they were saying that they were getting 10 or 12 fish a day and 10 of the 12 were all undersized below what's, 55. what's your theory what's going yeah. on there the what's vic the is all over the place this year I know, and, and it's it's not to do with pressure from commercial fishing because obviously they don't go around there that often, at, if, if at all. Mm. Um, but it's more to do with the wet seasons and, and the fact that the bigger fish are not coming up and staying inside the system um, in large enough numbers to make it easy enough for people to catch them on lures, I suppose. Um, they're the odd fish getting caught, but certainly not like it normally used to be. And it's been like that for a few years now, and, and it's all... I can pin it back to the wet seasons. You can go back and look in my diary and you can see when the really good wet seasons were out on that side or in the Vic in the catchment and you can see the numbers of fish that you caught at that time mm. and, it, and it just dwindles away 
as the wet seasons get harder and harder or less rainfall and you don't get that runoff and you don't get the bait build up or the, or the breeding of the bait out on the floodplains. And the Vic is one of those really hard rivers because there's escarpment country. There's no billabongs up the back. Is that a bird there, Tim? Oh, yeah. You should have heard the jet airplanes earlier. We'll probably hear them again. Uh, Warren, if, if your little black book, how often do you refer back to that book? Every time I go to go fishing. I kept a diary for the last 12 years. If at the next Mannheim or Grays Online or Pickles auction, right, there's a heap of excavators <laughs> over here. <laughs> there's some cruisers over there off the mine site. And then there's just a little black book. Of Warren well, there's just more than one little black book. There's 12 of them. Okay, the whole compendium, the whole volume of DeWitt's 12-year black books, how much are we going to fetch at an online auction? <laughs> thousands. It'd have to be thousands. It's got a ring to it too, like for the original set of DeWitt's. The, yeah, it the sounds DeWitt's. like some sort of encyclopedia. Uh, the, the full set of DeWitt. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to is being able to sit down with my grandson when he gets to the age to and understand and listen to what I tell him about the good old days and, and read through my diary about when we used to go to the Roper, the Vic and all those yeah. places and then take him there um, and, and show him and, and go fishing with him as he gets older and more than just one because um, Brendan and Roxanne are now expecting a baby as well. So there's more of the twist coming. So look out. There are the next generation of of Killer Kowalski's coming. <laughs> they, can, they can sit on Grandpa's knee, hear all about the Roper and the Vic, and then put yep. his put his whole volume of DeWitts on eBay. That's it, exactly. <laughs> Good on you, Warren. All right, boys. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. G'day to Rick in Wagite. Hey guys, Wifey and I left Bribery Island two years ago, travelling Oz. We made it through Queensland, up the Cape, across the Gulf. That was all quite nice. Uh, Alice last year, and then we landed in heaven at Wagite Beach 12 months ago. 12 months ago, actually, to this weekend. Mm. Not sure if I'll ever leave the Territory now. I love this place, and I love the lifestyle. What a lovely thing, you know, to have been travelling for two years and then you settle somewhere and go, I think this might be it. It's great. <laughs> this is we've, it. We've heard that a lot. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's the story it's of territory. It's the story of the territory, It's mate. the story of the territory. Territory. Loving the podcast and was introduced by, to the church by an awesome local guy. I'm fairly new to Darwin, obviously, and he's not only taken me out in his boat so I can learn the area, but is not shy on sharing some of the local spots and, and local info. I'd love to reward him. He's a champion. A champion of the church. Can I reward him with a sticker for his boat? Good on you, Owen Hancock. This dude deserves a sticker. Isn't that nice, though? P.S. If you could throw one in for my tinny, that would also be awesome. At least I'll know how long the boat is then. It's kind of that small, my little boat. (laughs) (laughs) Praise be the mullet, says Rick. One for uh, Ichi on the way, Rick, and good on you, Owen. From Richard, I'm down in Catherine and have been for going on three years. Mostly chasing a bloody monsoon, since they seem to have gone missing the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, not, yet to experience a monsoon in Catherine. You're in the not last wrong there. Years. I mean, if you if you were going to pick sort of three years in the last couple of yeah. decades to experience a, a dry wet, then yeah, wait and see what happens. It does actually rain over the wet season, Richard. Wait, just just wait and see what happens. It's 
It's reasonably full on. It is. And to you, Richard, I would say that as cliche as it is, it never rains, it pours. So stand by. You're going to see some action. Stand by, Richard. I'm, I'm positive on this. Yeah. I'm bullish. I'm bullish on La Nina. Yeah, yeah we could, that's going into the archives to play in <laughs> March 2021. <laughs> anyway, he's bullish too, sort of. He says, hopefully La Nina turns it on for us and the rivers get firing up again. Love listening to the Tinny podcast on the inevitable road trips to wherever I'm putting the boat in. And I'd love to adorn the boat with a red go fast to represent the territory when I head back down south to New South Wales next year. Oh, sorry to hear it, Richard. You're after, out. After uh, the biggest wet on record in the north. <laughs> I, my, I added that last week. Or, or maybe <laughs> you'll go home saying <laughs> they, they reckon it's it's subtropical up in Darwin. <laughs> it doesn't rain all year. Yeah. Like it's like a desert, a, a mildly hot desert, then a bloody hot desert. And then I can see him sort of sitting around <laughs> the, 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 the campfire with his mates and, he, and, and he's going to go... And, and, and also, this one time, you get this, right? They've gone, oh, there's going to be a heat wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all laughing. Sitting, sitting around watching the weather the weather forecast and the pictures of the monsoon, believing, wholeheartedly believing it's fake news coming out of Catherine. <laughs> From Jimmy Taylor, can I please arrange to have two tails on the tinny fish measuring stickers as I've just completed an internal refurb of my boat and went for a trip on the weekend but lacked the big red fish uh, measuring sticker. I'd like one her side of my boat, please. And I'll share another story with you next week uh, to justify the one for the other side. <laughs> Good. I, what I ask you, Jimmy, is, 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 is your name really Jimmy? Because we think no real Jimmy would act with such disdain for the sacrosanct go fast why, why, why Delilah sticker. I mean, to say, oh, I'll tell you another story. Just send me two and I'll, I'll, I'll spin you some crap again next week to justify that's, the That's not the behaviour But hang on, that's, that's, that's not what Jimmy would do. Tim, that's Tinny Credit. He's buying it on tick. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> that's our first ever case of Tinny Credit. I admire it. I like it. And in fact, maybe that I is. I say good on you, Jimmy. That is exactly what it's Jimmy initiative. That's what Jimmy would do. Jimmy shows initiative. Jimmy breaks new ground. <laughs> on you, Jimmy. Two are on the way for your initiative. Tales from the Tinny. Get a muggle cephalus up you. Andy, for the serious fishos uh, amongst us, uh, none of them actually present amongst us right at this very moment. Mm. Are there? Are there any here? Not that I can see. Not. I'm not detecting. You're not one. Well, you're certainly. I'm not, not one. The serious people. You know what they do? They run a. They run a black book mm. or a diary. Uh, they document uh, tides. They document times. They document locations. They they go referring back to these notes. Have you have you heard this for yes, years? Yes, I've, and I've years heard and years it, years. and I've done a bit myself occasionally. That I've done it retrospectively. But what separates the real pros uh, are the ones that do it prospectively. They're looking forward. They're marking out times and days ahead of time. Based on what they've learned in the past, they're transposing that to the future. Correct. A little bit like Doc in Back to the Future himself. <laughs> yes, very much so. Hey, by the way, how is your uh, Meter Barra mission going? You, you committed to it this early yeah. this year. Didn't you come out bold at the beginning of 2020? I came out very bold, yes. No, I haven't caught a metery. Um, I've caught very few Barra, to be honest with you, which goes to the integrity of what we opened up with in that neither of us are really serious. A man who is and who does a, 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 a prognosis looking forward, not just a, a few weeks or months in advance, uh, but all the way from what I can see from the calendar here in front of us mm. with the highlighted tides, all the way to May 2021. His name is Evil Eddie Timpson Knievel. Eddie, how are you? Oh, good, fellas. The one, the one thing you missed there was that uh, I don't cater in for monsoons. So that's really when the rough weather comes. 
that's when the tides all line up and I'm out. And you're gone. Yeah, the rougher the rougher the better in the big beast. The rougher the better. How, how many how many sets of tides have you highlighted until when? Nearly every set of neeps and uh, maybe a couple of springs right through till May. So how was the most recent trip all in all, Eddie? You headed out to um, the south. Well, the south was one of them. Took with us uh, 850 litres of fuel and set up there for seven days. And as luck would have it, we uh, managed to get into a, a couple of sessions of good fish. Second day in, good tides, fish in the mouth of a said um, little coastal creek. Saw that there was some uh, nice clean water up further, but not at the mouth. So we poked our nose in. We should have a bull bar on the front, but we don't. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone done that yet? Mm. Come to think of it. <laughs> you could mount your lights, your bar lights. Yeah. and Five but poster, I... side rails, side steps. Absolutely. Into it. Doesn't matter the size. You just point and shoot and uh, yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, get up it. First cast, hooked up, dropped a really stonk of fish. And then for the next four hours there on the tide, we got about 70 barra. And then went back there that afternoon and got another 40 or 50. Oh, awesome. So it's, nice. proper, um, it's, it's proper turned on for build-up. Well, it turned on, and then as quickly as it turned off, guys, it just shut back down. So don't get too so, excited and hook the boat up, yeah. Andy. <sighs> the next morning, completely shut down, not a fish to be seen. By the way, uh, another hazard of working from home, Fishos, if you're just tuning in, we're, we're still running from the COVID bunker at my place, and you'll hear the jet aircraft in the background. I mean, it gives legitimacy, doesn't it? that we actually are in Darwin. We're not broadcasting this from the Peruvian Alps, Sandy. No, that's right. And it we're, also We're gives, in Darwin during a military exercise. It gives me a sense of comfort too, knowing that we're safe. We've been kept safe from, is this, from above. Is this the sounds of freedom to you? This Don't is, start this debate. This is the sounds of freedom. This is the sounds of genuine irrit- irritation to me. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. What do you put it down to, mate? Minimal movement, no... And water, clean water. How much um, movement was there when on those two bite sessions? Depends on what type of movement. Um, during one of them, we had a few bowel movements. <laughs> With a seventy fish sessions, you might have had other movements too. But we can, we don't need to go in. How much movement was there in the tide? <laughs> uh, it was about a metre. Yeah, it was very, very small. And with those sort of areas, you got to get. Either good tides in certain areas and, and also minimal tide to drop the silt out of the water and make the barra see the fish. I'm a big believer that if the barra can't see the fish, they're not going to eat it. Just like you, you're not going to eat your dinner if you can't see it. Perrins as well was, was another recent trip. We pushed wide, uh, albeit in some pretty average conditions for a smaller boat, um, true Knievel style. Um, we got some 60-centimetre reds, 60-centimetre trouts, um, and a whole swag of other assorted reef fish. Um, just had to get them past the sharks. That was the only problem. The, tri- the trick was one person to draw the short straw and just hook the shark up for a while, and then the other boys could catch the fish whilst the shark was preoccupied. <laughs> so you deliberately target, take the shark out. <laughs> take him out, that's that, it. That's clever, and set the example for all his shark mates. Like, don't go near that boat, or you two can swim in circles with a hook in the corner of your mouth. Let this be a warning. Uh, and let me guess, the sharks didn't give a rat's about the warning. I don't know if you call it a highlight, but um, we had a little poo incident. Oh, a poo um, incident? A poo incident, yeah. We go over the back, right? Okay. Because mm. that's the deal. And the toilet is ritualised. You go to the toilet in the morning. Not any other time because, you know, it just interrupts the fishing during the day. You have to do your movement in the morning. Force it yep. if necessary. So you have your coffee and then you do your two. 
we uh, deviated from the plan. Oh, someone and, needed uh, a, an emergency poo at an inconvenient yeah. time and not a scheduled yeah. time. Not a scheduled time. So we were moving between uh, fishing spots, had a swag, a snapper in the tank, mm. and um, one of the boys said, look, I've, nature calls, I've got to go. Do you mind if so, I break the schedule, Captain? Yeah. <laughs> Permission to break your rigid poo schedule? He goes over the back, you know, does his business, just about to clean some fish. So we open up the big kill tank. And along with no. all of the snappers, no. there's a little brown shark swimming around in there as well. Oh, oh no, oh. there's another snapper. Oh, no. Oh, no. But so, somehow, <laughs> the uh, brown shark managed to suck up the kill tank outlet hole and into the tank. So, trick for young players, always put the bung in the kill tank. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, this is devastating. This is, this is Leanya water park pool <laughs> all over again. I mean, you, your snapper's tainted by a snapper. <laughs> well, they're now they're now they're now crapfish, aren't they? I wasn't going to eat them. <laughs> I mean, there's there's obviously a lesson here about sticking to following captain's orders, isn't there, Eddie? Captain's orders must be followed. Do not break the rigid poo schedule. When you get on my boat, I have a poo schedule. There's a reason for the poo schedule. Poos will be in the morning at no other time. Let me tell you about an anecdote, kids. Back in 2020. When Johnny decided to break the poo schedule. Mm. <laughs> so that is now the uh, the ritual going forth. Coffee, business in the morning, pleasure after that. Yeah. It's a really poignant note to end on. <laughs> it is. That, that, that should be wrapped up into some sort of kids' textbook and pushed through schools right across Australia. Part of, part that, of, part of the education curriculum. That, that's a lesson in life, that is. It's not just about fishing or poos. <laughs> Stick. It's a lesson in life. <laughs> See you, Eddie. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It would be like dropping your line into a 44-gallon drum full of scissors and, and trying to get it back out. I actually enjoy catching them more than barramundi. Tales from the Tinny. One of the boys actually got a 102 on that south trip, by the way. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it has to be noted, Andy, that Eddie, Eddie himself is yet to put a metery on the deck of his own boat. He's got a 98, but he's quite distressed about the whole, mm. whole thing, understandably. Mm. Mm. Uh, would, would you have eaten... By the way, the uh, the fish? No, I don't think I would have, Tim. I don't think, think, you, think you about the nugget. Get, you fill it. Yeah, fill but it. you couldn't get it out of your mind. I mean, the fact is that those human microcosms called feces have have marinated the water in which these fish have been sitting. Only for a short time, though, and and it, I think it's a reasonable presumption that they haven't penetrated the skin in such a short time. And a, a good <sighs> filleting and has, has the pandemic taught you nothing about hygiene? The pandemic has taught me that when it all goes to the dogs, we have to eat. Mm. You know, it's it is dog eat dog. Mm. It, look at the toilet paper. <laughs> look at the toilet paper saga. Yes, I mean people are beating the hell out of each other for a roll of toilet paper. I think during a pandemic is as good a time as any to accept that a fecal ridden snapper fillet might just have to do. Yeah, I have a, a sort of a nice Chinese marinade that I make. I prefer that. Let's just agree <laughs> to disagree. <laughs> You, you go your hardest, you go and eat them. <laughs> the other lesson here, of course, is that you've got to own it sometimes or or someone else will own it for you. How many times do we have to keep like a bloody broken record mm-hmm. on the team? You've got to own it. Uh, we have now reached out, as the uh, highly annoying corporates tend to say a lot, <laughs> to the poor themselves to explain themselves and to apologise for the... To, I mean, at least you can do is apologise publicly... For what you've done. Seriously, though, Tim, um, just for next week and beyond, perhaps no more, 
mentions of defecation or poo. It's become a little bit of a trend. Yeah, I can agree that I also subscribe just, to that. Yeah, let's, let's let's keep it clean. Let's draw a line under yep. the the poo stories. I mean, it was, it was Eddie's poo story. Mm. It, it was a true poo story, but let's just draw a line under that. Let's do that. So we've just we've snapped off now from any more. <laughs> just to always have the last word. That's what my yeah, parents used to say. Yeah. You're always going to have the last word. So yeah. <laughs> Well, Lats has been fishing again, Tim. Uh, he writes, very tough fishing but managed a couple. They don't get much more chrome than this one. Mm. Lost a beast. Uh, holy crap, he says, <laughs> even though we've agreed not to talk about that word. Uh, <laughs> it had a big head. <laughs> and so it goes on. Uh, and you know the barra fishing is good when you take a photo of a cloud. <laughs> So it wasn't good, lads? I think that's the equivalent of my little nature trips when I come home and rave about... How, the sandwiches and the, and the, the cold-pressed... And, um, and the, and and the and brogers. Yeah, yeah, and the brogers <laughs> and the... Never get sick of watching crocs and all of those, which is code for didn't catch... Didn't uh, catch much fish. Lots of ways you can give us a hoy on ABC Tales from the Tinny. Uh, you can do it via uh, Facebook. ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. Or email fishing at abc.net.au. As this bloke has done, uh, g'day gents... Uh, I'm from a Darwin indoor cricket team that went on a fishing trip the same day as the grand final, our cricket grand final, which had been changed due to COVID. So we went out to Dundee on Friday morning, did the fishing trip, drove back to town to play the grand final and won that Arvo, then drove back out to Dundee that night and up at 6am for fishing the next day. Um, So... Are you interested in hearing more about that story? Here? Oh, yeah. That's, well, that, that's gold. That's well, dedication. Well, of course we're interested. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Send us your number. Yeah. Next week on the tinny. Give us a hoy. That's what this section is. Give us a... a and we've given us a hoy and that, asked if we'd like to know more. And the that's an entree. Is, Give us the yeah, main. We'd like the main uh, next week on the, the, the tinny. Uh, from Tony, he put a photo up last week of the low tide at Sagrove's Creek. Mm. One of the comments was a pick from the Nightcliff Jetty, uh, which was bone dry. Mm. This is from Tony, who said, the kids were not impressed. <laughs> I got the tides back to front for an Arvo fish off the jetty. So he's gone full reversal, and he's done it on possibly one of the lowest tides this century. <laughs> look at the mud, kids. Uh, look that's... at the mud. Hey, look what happens when you chuck a snapper lid down and... <laughs> But we've Isn't been there, fun? haven't we? we? We've all been there, and that's why we laugh. We laugh yeah. uh, not out of laughter at you, but laughter with you because <laughs> yeah, we've had that experience. Um, and I don't know if you saw this one this week, Fishos, uh, salmon in Tasmania. The footage, no. the footage on the news of this was was outstanding. Fifty thousand Tasmanian farm salmon were freed after a fire in a commercial aquaculture enclosure near Bruny Island. Fifty thousand out. Yeah, so they've basically escaped. Uh, people are scooping them up in nets. They're catching them. So they're anglers. It's anglers paradise. Mm. I mean, imagine if 50,000 barra just suddenly got released in Darwin Harbour. Mm. I mean, that's what dreams are made of. Mm. So, yeah, people are catching them. Fishos, uh, you'd think, though, that they'd be difficult to catch because, you know, these fish farms, they feed them on the pellets. Oh, yeah. Pellets are really hard to get on the hook, but yeah. apparently not. Very small, soft plastic, small silver slices. They were doing the trick. Oh, but- Happy days. Uh, the the message is Dreadlocktopus lost his boat off the ramp today. Oh, that's intel. Oh, that's intel. Oh, that's probably just yeah, so fact. You, you might remember, you know, um, someone else has dobbed in the Dreadlocktopus. Yeah, uh, and Dig hasn't owned it himself. 
that's a fact. If, if, well, if it's happened, it's, at the moment it's an allegation. Why would you or just make it up? Lost his boat off the ramp today. What does that mean? What does it mean? That's the thing. What's Ran lost? Down it, does it mean it sunk? Does it, it mean he came didn't off tie the side? it up properly? Came off the mooring? You know, that he, like, sort of when you forget where you park your car at Casharina? Yeah. Was it like that? <laughs> <laughs> he forgot where he parked his boat? Just press the central locking button oh, and wait for the beat. Hang on. You might... No. Did, was it, did I leave it at Diner Beach boat ramp? Not, not Easter. <laughs> you might remember the, the dread octopus, by the way. Dread Rods in each tentacle, casting length identical. I ain't got no need for bait. Cause her body also plastic on snag, I cast eight. Yeah, yeah I'm a cephalopod, rockin' badass mods. So we do need to get to the bottom of that. Um, if you can help us, give us a hoy. Mm. Tell us what happened. Tell us what the loss means. Only, only or, or own it. Dread, dread octopus. Yeah, because only one thing's really certain here, that the owner hasn't seen fit to disclose the unfortunate event to the tinny directly, mm. leaving the opportunity open for a witness to do the right thing and bloody well dob him in. That's right. See, when you own it, it's like we're just taking the valve off the tyre and slowly letting the air out. Mm. It's quite painless. Yeah. If we have to right. find you, it's <laughs> like putting Prick. a screwdriver into the tyre. Yeah, that's right. And it right. goes bang. So and everyone suffers. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like, And then you have to like, change Ditch. the tyre. We've made the offer to Didge, the, in, the, the owner, to engage in the beautiful catharsis that is a full disclosure on the tinny discreetly, quietly get it off his chest, you know, just slowly opening the valve on the national podcast, but nothing. Despite the reminder that the church venerates those who own their mistakes and castigates those who do not ditch. Yet still there has been silence. So really that leaves us to suppose, to, to ponder, to pontificate, that, to that presume. He's, that he's actually lost his own boat worst. at the ramp. Yeah, we presume, like in Kajarine. We presume the worst. We presu- right. And the worst being... Hang on, I'm sure my boat was here when I went up to get my car. Mm. But it, but maybe it's actually at Nightcliff. Now it's not. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a boy. We heard from Pete from Humpty Doo last week, Tim. Um, he was en route to the Tanami for work between the, um, the Billabong sessions. Mm. Well, he's actually back already. Oh, he's, he's already... Well, it's sort of. You see, it's, it's a little bit... Yeah. You're going to have to wrap your conceptual mind around this. Because we get so many corros from Pete, we actually get caught in this sort of mild bend in time space continuum yeah. thing. The, the tinny... Pete's pieces on the tinny, because the, the, the sheer volume and regularity with which they come in, these correspondence from Pete, mm. act kind of like a flux capacitor on the tinny. Bending space-time continuum. So, he, yes, sure, he was on his way to the Tanami for work last week. Just accept the fact that now he's back and he's, he's fishing and he's filing in yet another fairly intense correspondence to the church. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Here we are, back on the billabong. Pete's secret honey hole. That's not so secret. Just started trolling. Waiting on a couple of mates to come out that I'll try and put on some barra. Hard body lures out the back. Cold beer in hand. Ready for some action. Sandwiches is on a fish. <laughs> really yours then, man. I still won't Record me! It's my first time! Drop gun. Get away from that. <laughs> 
Croc, get her away! I'm trying! <laughs> oh, I do not want to get a croc! Oh, oh look, it's there, it's there, I can see it! Oh, it's a bear! It's Go. a bear! Give me that net. Shine the light, shine! Hold yeah, up, just take her out. Take her out. Holy shit! I got it! Glad you'd come out tonight. Yeah. Ooze, ooze. That's a little bit bigger than the other one. Ooze, ooze. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so happy. I've got a barrel. <laughs> Bitches, I'm a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> You're worse than me after 10 bloody rums. <laughs> yeah. This is like too much profanity for tales from the tinny, but. <laughs> What was that ooze-ooze thing? In there there uh, are noises coming out again of the human mouth that should not be possible that you've, we've never heard before. No, no, I reckon this there is was... This what her first barrow does. There were some spinning heads out there, like from the exorcist oh, on that out. boat. That was... That, that was hectic. Half of it didn't even make sense. That was hilarious. Oh. <laughs> that she, was intense. She sandwich, sandwiches mm. um, was excited. Mm. <laughs> and she was called Sandwiches. <laughs> How does that, where does uh, that come from? Uh, by the way, sandwiches, that was a prime example of how sometimes the excitement of catching a fish can almost get in the way of actually catching the fish, okay? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, but stay focused. <laughs> uh, sandwiches, who, I don't know, um, um, I think it was Beard said he thought it might be because she opens her sandwiches quite a lot, which I think means to pass wind. Uh, like opening your lunchbox. At school, oh, they maybe used to he call got it opening it your lunchbox. Yeah, it's yeah. not opening your sandwiches. You don't really beard. open your sandwiches. No, you don't. <laughs> so it's probably not that. A um, um, couple of sandwiches short of a picnic, perhaps? Didn't seem so. Didn't I mean, certainly so. making some unusual noises, but otherwise seemed to have her wits about her. Mm. Maybe she just likes sandwiches. Maybe we dig too deep into these nicknames. Yeah, maybe sandwiches. Maybe just... she makes good sandwiches. You'd really have to love sandwiches to get that as a nickname. To take the nickname, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a sandwich? Ham and pickle ones with two types of cheese. Love them. Sandwiches that love that sandwich. Oh. Mm. That's not actually the only tidbit from Pete from Humpty Doo. In fact, as happy as he is catching his own barra, uh, he seems even more stoked getting other people onto there first. Keep round. Good work. It's very heavy. Is that? It is a bit heavy. Keep round. Perfect. Think that's a good one? Yeah. I think you see it, Joe? Do you want to eat for dinner? Yeah. Okay, it's coming up. I'm going to show Michelle. <laughs> Good work. Oh, he's running. <laughs> get real, real, real. Mum, 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 mum. Mama. Quick, quick. Get no. him, get him, get him, get him, get him. Hey, you got one. You got a bear. Look out. Can you come to Come up front. Oh, it's a big one. Look at that. No Boom. way, Lily. Ooh. What did you get? Bella. Nice. And Lily, in case you're wondering, is oosh, just oosh, four, oosh, four, oosh. Year, four years old. Uh, isn't that that is just beautiful? Is that what you say to Lily? I mean, is that the right placement of oosh, oosh, oosh? I don't think it is. I don't know. No, no. Oosh, oosh. <laughs> Lily's four years old. Too. Well done, Lily. Fantastic. What a beautiful story. And good on you, Pete from Humpty Doo. Hmm. You're providing a service to humanity. <laughs> you, you, you really, really, really are. It is definitely the lazy man's way of fishing. Quite enjoyable, quite a lot of fun. Yeah, soothe my soul catching some Saratoga. Next question. Tales from the Tinny. 
first charity fish caught for MDF, Andy. Very so, exciting. Yep, Very exciting, Tim. Five grand, uh, two and a half for a charity and two and a half for you. But it wasn't the fish or the how or what or where or when that I was most interested in. Uh, Tony McLean is the dude. Uh, I was interested in this from the press release, uh, how he's going to use the money. I've decided to split half the cash with my mate who was with me. That's pretty generous. Yep, just for being there. Just for being present. Yep. Uh, he's going to put the, the money towards new fishing gear, as he would. I mean, that's, that's fairly predictable and fairly standard. Mm. Uh, but, but how he's going to spend the other lot, my wife needs a new lawnmower. So that's what I'll be spending my winnings on. There's a little bit to unpack here. Yes. I might have recalled the story before when my dad thought it was a good idea to buy mum an iron for her birthday. He got that iron to the face. That's what he got. Because mm, what's the messaging? I mean, it's a bit like buying a vacuum cleaner for your partner. The, the messaging is, is unsound. For all the ingredients for a particular type of chocolate cake and just leaving them on the bench and so I bought you a present. Tony, uh, g'day and welcome to the tinny. What, what's going on here? Look, you've got to do the right thing by your wife, really. You know, when it comes to um, you know, giving presents, it's something she's going to use. Look, I feel really bad because, you know, when she tries to start it, it's, it's hard to start and it hurts her arm and Karen won't stuff. So why wouldn't I? Have you ever mowed the lawns, Tony? Oh, look, I can sit and, and watch her do it. Um, <laughs> but she likes doing it. Um, no, truthfully, she just loves it. No, she likes I, mowing the lawn. Uh, many people, I'm not one of them, but many people find it a deeply cathartic job, uh, the lawn mowing. We've been out and had a look at some mowers. And, uh, and she said, oh, geez, you know, they're expensive, you know. And then, of course, uh, we roll along with the fish and we've got money and it's like, oh, yeah, look, hey, look at this one, electric start. Look, it went from a victor to a whole heap of discussions with uh, the minister on the day and, um, and, and they started talking about autonomous mowers that park themselves like an iRobot. The Minister for Home Affairs, Natasha Files, was giving you lawnmower advice at the press release. All, all the ladies were um, in there in the discussion about uh, what type of mower she should get. Yes. There is not a lawnmower that parks itself. Uh, there is one, except it's 4500 and I really want to give the money to charity, you know. How hard is it to park a lawnmower? I don't know. But they do it themselves, mate. All right. So, I mean, uh, how much square meterage have you got to mow? Or she got to mow, I should say. Oh, uh, probably about um, 20. <laughs> you buy her a pair of secateurs. <laughs> and well, then... I, showed her, I showed her a picture of one of those push mowers, <laughs> and that didn't uh, get a very good response. Buy some AstroTurf. <laughs> can, you, can, can you let us know how it settles? Tony, congratulations again, and good on you for being so damn generous to the charity, to your mate and to your, um, your deserving wife. Thank you. No worries, fellas. Thanks. Good on Tony. One of his mates had actually bailed on the trip to Bino, so he decided to go land-based at East Point with another mate, Andy. Yeah. Um, chucked on a prawn soft plastic, which he'd never used before, mm. dropped a barra, caught another one, 56 centimetres with the tag. Boom. Ah, what an amazing gift. It'll no doubt be much appreciated by wife Sharon. Is there a lesson to be learned here, though, Andy? Well, I wonder. <laughs> I, I think there is, Tim, and I think I've got a, got a call on this. Mm. It, it may be time to sort of stop labelling our material possessions with gender roles. In this day and age. In this day and maybe age. Maybe we've, right. we've come a long way over the years. And maybe redefine what is love and what is giving. Mm. Uh, the robot lawnmower, by the way, I looked up. 
it mows the lawn remotely, it actually does, then it finds the fastest route to a charging station and puts itself away. Uh, it even mows in the rain. Uh, quote, stay cosy and dry while your robot does the work for you in complete autonomy. <laughs> <laughs> reads, the, reads the spiel. Does it ever catch her? I don't reckon. That's an important question. Yeah, I think I want one anyway. This is sounding good. Well, how much lawn have you got? Uh, about eight, eight square metres. <laughs> That's uh, that's five hundred bucks a square meter, bro. No, that's true. Actually, you know what? There is a certain degree of pleasure I find anyway in mowing the lawn. Oh, you're a lawn mowing I'm, lover, I'm, like Sharon. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm like Sharon. Friday night for me. Friday night after work. I oh, tell me about your big night out. It's it's when I mow the eight squares, but I do it slowly. I, I do it as if it was a hundred squares. I do it with love. And then the final part, which is just so good, it's like getting your eyebrows trimmed after you've had a haircut. Which <laughs> is, is, is that good? Oh, when it's, that, it's great. That part, it's fantastic. The yeah, especially got new Johnny Howard eyebrows like mine. They grow your pretty eyebrows quick. do actually look quite the, neat the, and, and, oh, yeah. and, and trim. Yeah, yeah, and Deb always trims my eyebrows. It's, it's the best part of the haircut. And, and so where I'm going with this is doing the edge, because I've only got one edge. It's about three metres long. <laughs> Trimming that edge is, oh, what a feeling. Fantastic. So I don't think I want you this look remote back, thing. You look back on a Friday evening, yeah. go inside bursting with pride. Yeah. Come on, family. Come out and check out my edge. So look imagine what I've done. Imagine if we had this, this lawnmower and I'm just sitting there in a chair drinking a beer watching some other man mow my lawn. Yeah. Some other robot. Yeah. Some man, other microchip. Or woman. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't put labels. D- like don't don't assign said, gender roles to material position. I just position. did that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just uh, a love story. This is a love story. This is a love for your wife. This is a love for Barramundi. And this is a love for lawns. That's that's all this is about. Fisho's tattoos are a personal thing. And over the years, the tinnies talk to to, uh, the odd person who's got decided to get a 55 centimetre little uh, marking on their leg to make uh, catching the legal barra a little bit easier. There are different sort of levels of, of, of tattoo, obviously, different uh, uh, levels of commitment. Now, I'm sitting outside Darwin City Tattoos with one fellow who's, um, I don't think you could really question his commitment, uh, judging by the tattoo that, that he's getting. Mark from Palmo, what are you getting done, man? Uh, I'm getting a barra what's coming up and eating my leg up to my knee. Uh, effectively, what the barra is doing is is buffing your leg as if yeah. it's a gigantic mullet. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's a work in progress, and you're getting the rest done uh, today. What was the inspiration for this? Uh, me and a few of the boys were sitting in the river, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a koi fish what's eating my leg." And then I was sitting here for another tattoo, and um, I was looking at the barras what Bluehead drew, and I was like, "Yep, I'm getting that." So I went and asked him, and he's like, I'm not sure that's even possible. So then we had a session. He texted it all on. It's like, yep, that's doable. So here we are. We've talked to Blue many times, a uh, uh, hectic land-based fisher and tattooist extraordinaire. Are you getting it finished and coloured in today? Hopefully. We'll see how we go. There's a fair bit of shading, but maybe eight or so hours, I reckon, maybe a bit longer. You've got your own personal uh, experience with the, with the barrow, don't you? Uh, yeah, so the first time I ever went barrow fishing, went out to Shady Camp, and the first barrow I ever caught was a 101. All my mates hate me for it, but just beginner's luck, I reckon. Uh, the top half of you, I can see you, you, both arms are covered in, in tats. Uh, you're not a stranger to the tattoo. Uh, this is the first foray into your bottom half. It's a bit more tender than um, up top, I reckon. It's 
yeah, the shin bones and stuff, it's a bit, how are you going? What's going on there around the ankle? Um, so the barra is jumping out of the water, so we've got to go down my foot with the water, so it's like the splash of the barra coming out of the water. I've had a few compliments already and it's not even finished, which is good, so obviously people know what it is. Your commitment uh, is admirable. I'm going to go in there and, uh, and, and, and sit down with you for, for a bit and, uh, and have a chat to Blue and, and see how the rest of it goes. You ready? Yeah, ready as they'll ever be. Here we go, final stage of the barra engulfing the leg. Man on the gun, legendary Darwin land-based fisho, Blue. How's this for you, doing a doing a, a barra pretty close to home? I love doing my fishing tattoos, mate. It combines both of my loves, both of my passions. And this one's um, a little bit more special because it's got that whole eating his leg 3D thing going on. So a bit of new ground. What are some of the challenges in doing a tat like this? To having it look properly from all the angles, I wasn't even sure that we were going to even be able to do it. So initially we had to do a consult to draw it on to see if it was actually going to be possible. So my biggest was concern was when you get the front view and you get sort of everything in the right place, are you going to see the eyes from the side views and are you going to be able to transcribe that into the side view looking just as good as the front view and then... It was a bit of a challenge, and then we drew it on and decided, yep, yeah, it can be done. Now this, this barra is uh, it's bursting out of the water. It goes up to his knee. Uh, how long do you reckon it actually makes this barra, Mundy? Oh, this is easy metre plus. <laughs> I was a bit surprised when I came in this morning. I'd forgotten how big it was, and I kind of went, shit, I've got a big day ahead of me. You know, his, uh, Mark has caught a barra, and his first barra was 101. Oh, I didn't want to know that. I'm going to probably hurt him a bit more now. I haven't got a metre yet myself. I got two 99s and a 90, couple of 97s, and one of the 99s, I reckon I was trying to roll him out with a rolling pin just to get that extra centimetre, but it didn't work. Mark, how do you actually prepare yourself for an eight-hour session uh, while you're getting a barra tattooed on your leg? Um, make sure I eat well in the morning before I come in here, have my lollies, a few drinks of coke and whatnot, so keep the sugar levels up, happy days. And preemptive painkillers I saw. Yeah, just take a couple of Panadol. Do you have many Darwin fishers uh, coming to you for, for fish tats? I do, I get a lot. Um, even guys come up from interstate to get their fish tattoos. I think they just trust a fellow fisherman a little bit more. and. You know, it's a good trip to come to Darwin and catch your Northern Territory fish and then get a fishing tattoo to take home for the rest of your life. I've done whole marine scenes where you've got your mackerel, your tuna and your trevally and schools of bait fish. I've actually got a, a guy in the next couple of weeks who caught his first sailfish recently, real big one up here too. Yeah, so we're putting a, a sailfish on his chest and a big bait ball which is sort of going to be like the scales. By the time I finish that bait ball, I'm going to be sick of bait. The sound of this machine sounds more like an aerator than a tattoo machine, so it's put me in the right headspace. All right, boys, I'm going to let you go. Um, Blue, Mark, good luck for the next eight hours, I guess. Thanks very much, mate. We'll be, we'll be having fun. Speak for yourself? No. <laughs> Any 
you can find the pics on Facebook, Fishos, if you want to have a look. at It is pretty impressive. Very impressive, actually. So we've created a bit of homework for ourselves next week on the tinny, uh, Andy, which I'm actually looking forward to. All of them. Uh, the indoor cricket team, who apparently went out on a charter at Dundee, came back, smashed out a grand final, won it and went back fishing. We want to hear from you, Mob. Definitely. We want to know how they went fishing and we want to know the score. Sounds like a heroic effort. Uh, we want to hear, and the, the door, I think, only still remains slightly ajar for next week for the poor on Eddie Timpson's boat, who's responsible for dumping a nugget accidentally yes. into the kill tank with 10 60-centimetre snapper. The door is still slightly ajar for you to own it and for you to goddamn apologise. That's all we ask. Mm. Just say sorry. So we'll call That's him, all we want to hear. We'll call him Snapman. We want to hear... We want to hear from Snapman. Yeah. We want to hear. We want to hear an apology. That's all we're really asking. Uh, we, we, the door also remains slightly ajar to you, uh, dear Jonah of the Dreadlock to Puss, about this allegation from an anonymous source that you've lost the boat at the boat ramp. You can't find it anymore. The door is still ajar to you. Yeah, and all you've got to do is just, just just tell us what happened. And a a quick update. Yes. Have, have a look at these pictures from Tony and Sharon. Ah. They've bought the mullet. Fantastic. Brand new. Looks nice. Go for, it's red. We should send them a sticker I, to, I, put on, to put on the side of it. That's a good idea. It'd go fast. That'll be the first mower potentially that's ever, ever brandished the go fast No, my right arm's got to oh, get a mullet up your sticker. Oh, you're a leader. They're both beaming in this picture. <laughs> that's a next to picture. Next to a gleaming brand new red mower. Actually looks a bit more like a pic of two first time parents, you know. The, the pic they take next <laughs> yes. to their first newborn. Yes. With a look on their face as if to say, look what we just did. That's it. <laughs> so to, you, all, to all you mob, uh, thank you. And until next week, get a go fast. Big red mullet right on up here.